1: Visit sprout.ph slash payrollstartermonthly5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode.
0: The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by PDAX. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustle share PDAX. Also powered by Limitless Connect. Limitless Connect can provide digital CX solutions. The teams of Limitless Connect have years of CX experience, which equip them as the driving contact centers in the future. Sign up for a free consultation with Limitless Connect at www.limitlesscx.com. With Limitless Connect by your side, anything is possible. Also powered by Pod Machine, the simplest way to grow and edit your podcast. Sign up now at podmachine.com and use the code HUSTLESHARE to get one free edit.
2: A lot of the reason why I'm at today where I'm at with my professional career prior to starting Limitless and then where Limitless is today is because I'm consistent and then just show up. Also, leadership skills. I was extremely fortunate to have great leaders in the military.
0: Welcome to Hustleshare, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world, to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here is your host, Ronster Baet-yong.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Hustle Podcast. We are so excited because we don't get to talk to amazing companies like this on a regular basis, right? I mean, there's a lot of startups that have been created in the Philippines and Southeast Asia and whatnot. But again, it's rare that we get to talk to people that have actually been doing a global startup that we've been doing. And they're also one of our newest supporters in the world. So without further ado, we will be talking to their founder and CEO of Limitless Connect, Mr. Chris how? Chris, welcome to
2: Hustle Share. What's up, Ryan? Excited to be here. It's kind of uh, unique listening to a number of your podcasts and then actually talking to you live. It's like I'm talking to us <laughs> the TV right now.
1: I hope it's not disappointing. Because <laughs> most people are like, hey, don't ever meet your heroes or meet the people that you can of listen to because it breaks the whole mystique of it. But again Chris thank you very much for supporting the show if you have listened to it i don't know how you ended up with listening to me but thank you very much but before i get carried away i need to ask
2: you the million dollar question Chris what's your hustle Ultimately, my hustle is like i'm trying to be limitless i found i'm a great problem solver and love to learn so experiences and forums like jiu jitsu the military and entrepreneurship I feel give me the best experience to grow. And then I've also find that the people in those areas have the same mindset. So I learn a lot from them and then also um, able to inspire and and challenge those people as well. So you have those uh, symbiotic relationships. And at the end of the day, I'm just trying to give and get the most value I can in this lifetime. And certainly entrepreneurship is an area that I love doing that, with Limitless Connect. That is amazing. And again, you don't
1: become limitless overnight. I know this was built just like diamonds, you know, through pressure and a lot of experiences to get done. But again, I need you to buckle up my man, because I want to understand before you became limitless, I want to know how you started this journey, all right? Because we're going to have to ride the hustle share time machine. (laughs) All right, we just went to a time warp, and now we're all the way back because, Chris, again, before you talk about being limitless, how you empower you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of lives and whatnot, you were saving the country and whatnot. But before, again, it's no secret, Chris used to be in the Army, but what was growing up like in Indiana, right? Again, I'm a big basketball fan, and I know that Indiana is where basketball is, <laughs> is the art of basketball. Around the U.S., right? And yeah, the pacers are pretty good right now. So that's always good. (laughs) What was it growing up like? Did you have any inclinations towards entrepreneurship growing up? And talk about your origin story to us.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm an adopted Hoosier. I I moved here in 2000. So I was actually an Army brat and and lived uh, around the world and all over the United States. So I think uh, I kind of cover some key aspects of my childhood that really influenced you know, my management philosophy, leadership style, and what I'm really trying to do from an employee culture standpoint at Limitless. And so mm-hmm. being an army brat and, and moving quite often, I actually went to, to 14 different schools. Whoa. Uh, some of that was moving and some of that, I was just a knucklehead. And schools uh, <laughs> schools didn't want me to know those schools anymore. <laughs> So going to 14 different schools, I was always a new kid. And mm. that gave me a good chance to really get to know and appreciate all different types of people. Yeah. So I just wanted friends. So if you were going to be nice to me, I was going to be nice to you. And nice. I make the joke that I sat all over the lunchroom. I don't know if this occurs in the Philippines, but you have your cliques right. at lunchtime. Yep. And so you have the cool table, the jock table, the, the nerd table. I sat at all the tables, even sometimes by myself, but when someone was nice to me, I didn't care what table they sit at. It's just like, okay, here's a friend. And I joke that Limitless will never have to have a a diversity initiative because I really like and appreciate all types of people and their backgrounds. And the more different you are from me, probably the more I'm going to be drawn to you because I know what living my life is like. And I know what other people that have walked my path, what their lives are like, so Unique perspectives and unique lifestyles I'm just really drawn to. That's amazing. And you know what?
1: Looking back, I can relate because I didn't move a lot. But in my school, especially in high school in the Philippines, the sections or the classes that you belong to, rotate every single year. You're forced to make friends all over again. And one of my classmates would always say, hey, why are you Mr. Congeniality? I'm like, oh, whatever that meant. But you're forced to adapt. And little did I know that that was a super skill that I was able to develop because apparently that's networking anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not able to connect, you know, with, with random people, you know, the jocks, I was a varsity guy. So I was a basketball guy, right? But again, most people typically think you're an asshole if you're, you're a varsity guy, right? but I'm here making friends with everybody. And I realized oh man, people thought I was just being friendly back then, but you know. When you realize how to tap and how to empathize well with people, that will come in handy down the road. And that's what I want to know. Because at the end of the day, the culmination of this is serving in the Army. Right? That's yeah. a start. And being adaptable, being sociable. And again, you then have to build that discipline. Talk to us about serving in the U.S. Army. Because at the end of the day, I always said this in this podcast. Any type of past experience where you would discover how malleable you are and how gritty you are, whether through sports, through Army, it's a life-changing experience. for you talk about how you got in there and what was the stuff you had to go through while you were serving?
2: Yeah, and I actually have a pretty unique story in that regard because I served from 96 to 2000 in the United States Army. And then I rejoined last year in 2021 You're back. because of the break in service. I had to go back through all the basic training and stuff again. So it's actually a quarter of a century when I went to basic the first time in 96 and then had to go back 25 years later in 2021. So
1: wow, I didn't get to hire out body. the second
2: time like I did the <laughs> first time because <laughs> I was 43 going through. So I stuck out like a sore thumb, but oh my uh, God. it was pretty unique. Yeah. The answer to your question is, so like I said, I was kind of a knucklehead. I I went to five high schools and I think I got kicked out of three of those. And the Army really gave me a lot of discipline. It also gave me a lot of good role models in life. I say that I have three fathers. I've got my natural father, my stepdad, and then I had all the men that I looked up to in the U.S. Army. And I would just look at what skills that they had, whether they were confident leaders, great presenters hardworking, great at physical fitness. And I would just learn from them and understand, you know, what they would do to have that mindset and grow those skills. And I would just be like a sponge taking that in. And I got a lot of great learnings through there. I remember one time I was driving for this first sergeant wow. who was at the time he's 38, which I thought was old when I was 18. 38 <laughs> is pretty, sure. pretty young. And he was he was super in shape. He was faster than everybody. You know, we could do do a hundred pushups, just really in shape and a great leader. And I was driving for him and he he was asking me if I was doing any college courses. And I said, well, I took one and then we had some field problems coming up and I didn't sign up for this semester. And he goes, oh, well, you'll probably never, ever take another college course again. And I oh. was like kind of taken aback by it. And I go, why do you say that for a sergeant? And he said, well, seems like you have a lot of excuses. So if you just keep finding these excuses, then you'll never accomplish what you want to. And I really liked that. So then, after that, no matter what was coming up, I'd always sign up for a, a class, a college class while I was in the Army. He was right. Wow. You know, if there was a field exercise coming up, I'd just go to the professor, tell him I'd be out for two or three weeks, and they worked with me. And that was cool because I actually got a year worth of college done while I was serving that four years in the Army. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And one thing
1: that, again, the Army builds up in U.S. discipline, but again, there's no room for giving up in this. Just talk about you know that fortitude that you were able to then build and how giving up is never an option. And again, traditionally, you can't be a good leader if you don't become a great team player and a follower, because there are lives on the line here that can be gone. But talk about the mindset that how character forming the experience in the army is for you.
2: I think I'm competitive by nature, so... When you go into an environment that's very testosterone driven, <laughs> and I know there's both male and female in the military. Just the units I served in, I was in artillery and infantry, so they were all male units. So that I'll use that context of why I'm, I'm pointing to the testosterone part. Yep. But very testosterone driven, and if you want to be competitive, you got to go out there and push yourself. And if you can't quit, because that's what you're going to be known as. And that was another good learning I had like one week left in the army after serving my four years and they had a 12 mile road march on uh, last Friday I was there. So I talked to my boss and said, Hey, I've got like a few days left. I don't need to do this 12 mile road march. He's like, you don't have to, but I will say this, Chris, is that you always seem to be someone that pushed themselves and didn't get out of things. And I think you, you know, I would have expected you to want to do it and see it through, But I understand, too, you're getting out. You don't have to do it. So it's up to you. I was like, I'll be there, Sergeant. And I went and did that 12 miles. Uh, So him kind of giving that information, like, this is how I see you. It kind of then adapted as part of, like, my identity or a model in my head that this is a good trait that people see in me. And so now I've got to do it. (laughs) I hold myself to that standard.
1: That is great. And I want to understand, Chris, because… Again, the Army can teach you a lot of stuff about yourself, but recently come across this concept of skill stacking, right? In the Army, what are the things you get to learn in terms of skills that translate well post-service, right? Can you give us a picture of how you're able to acquire these types of skills that translate well? And what are these skills that you're able to stack on top of each other while you're there?
2: Yeah, well, I mentioned discipline, and that worked really well in college. One of the officers I served with in the Army was telling me, like, hey, college, just go there, sit in the front of the class, ask one question each class time. If the professor has office hours, go see him at least one time. And so it's kind of a gaming system. (laughs) And so I did that. No matter how hard I partied the night before, I I never did class. (laughs) I would sit up front. I would be engaged i would have that discipline to do it and i you know i was 22 so you know the 18 year old that i went to school with that went out and partied with me that would miss class and sleep in they weren't as successful in college as they could have been even though they were a lot smarter than me so that discipline held me well in the army that i learned and then going into college it helped out a lot and then i believe it's a lot of the reason why i'm at today where i'm at both with my professional career prior to starting Limitless and then where Limitless is today is because I'm consistent and then just show up. Also, leadership skills. I was extremely fortunate to have great leaders in the military. So learn from them and what aspects I liked about them. I inherited it into my own style. I saw poor leaders too. And poor leaders are great teachers as well, because you say, hey, I don't want to ever do that. Or I don't want to have people view me that way. And then more or less by design, the role that I signed up for in the Army, I wanted something that would carry over from a professional skills into the civilian world. And I was a communications expert. Oh. So my first couple of years, I just focused on military-grade communications equipment. But then when I was assigned to Korea, I was on the demilitarized zone. We were a standalone unit, what? 750 people less than half a kilometer away. You could see North Korea outside yes. my barracks room window. So we were very self-contained. And because I was a commo guy, I had to learn computer networking. We had 26 computers. Right. The officers and senior enlisted wanted to use email. And this was in 99. So it was pretty, pretty new. Right. And they're like, hey, you can become a corporal and have a team if you want to learn this computer stuff. And I was like, sign me up. Wow. So learning computer skills at that time was really good. So when I went to Ball State, I remember not being prepared to know what my major was. But when I went to my first counseling meeting there, they said, what are your major to be? I go, well, something with computers. And they said, well, we have computer science or we have management information systems, which is business. Yep. Just when they said that business sounded like a little bit more money. (laughs) And so I I wanted to do the management information systems route.
1: That is amazing. And again, never look back right after. I mean, you're back now, technically, but again, you made a killing out of their business world and everything that you did. But let's take our first break. And when we come back, we'll now talk about how you did after college, you know, what what are the stuff you did and what was it like being a civilian and then an entrepreneur to create Limitless Connect. But let's talk about that more after the break. Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is
1: PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's
0: plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hey, guys. I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. We're back in the break. We are still with Chris Howe, who then told us again how he was able to push through, you know, he learned in college. Being in the DMZ in the 49th parallel, if I'm not mistaken, is it correct? 38th. Uh, 38th. Yeah. Okay, right, just a few more latitudes lower. <laughs> 49th is already in North Korea, my bad. <laughs> right, yeah. you don't want to be there. All right, so that's one of the most intense borders around the world, and being there just learning about computers or being exposed to that is definitely a life-changing skill. And again, you definitely doubled down because you never looked back and became the entrepreneur that you are now because of that. But after college, you then went to several stints. But talk to me about your stints and experiences post-college. You've seen your leaders or your role models and your non-role models in the military. But working, again, now as a national account manager, and an IT consultant right after that, it's a totally different hustle. What were the new experiences that you got and what were the new skills you were able to stack up of what you already had of discipline and consistency that you were able to build early on?
2: Yeah. So once I got out of uh, school, I started as a uh, IVR programmer Mm. at a place called Ontario Systems. Wow. And I give this advice to a lot of young professionals too, when they start in a role and they don't necessarily love it. I tell them to look at the aspects of their job that they do enjoy and then find a role that that's the majority of the responsibility. So for me with IVR development, I didn't enjoy sitting behind the computer screen and coding Mm -hmm. all the time, but I did enjoy helping customers and I did enjoy fixing their problems when something occurred. So I looked at roles where I could work more closely with customers and help fix their problems. And that was as a national account manager. And then I really valued the relationships I built, the travel I got to do, more of the kind of business strategy side mm-hmm. with that role. So I was pretty excited about that. In 2008, we had a significant economic impact here in the States and they eliminated a third yep. of that company, which uh, national account managers were part of that group. Oh, man. So I had to go through that. That was a unique experience being let go because at that point in my life, post high school, I felt I'd been successful in, in whatever I ha- had to do. And then Absolutely. I lost my job, which was a big hit to my ego and my identity at the time where you have a position and a title and you feel that you're needed. And then all of a sudden they, they tell you that you're not needed. Ouch. So that was actually a, a great moment in life because I realized that I was vulnerable to that, mm. the, the having myself defined by my profession. Right. Also, I was very lucky in that I had cleaned up all of my financial debt and really lowered yes. my financial obligations mm-hmm. right before that happened. So that actually gave me a lot of freedom to then say, okay, I'm not going to look at this as something that is negative and just try to go latch on to any other opportunity that throws at me. I'm looking at where I want to go with my career and I'm going to find the opportunity in the company that matches that. So I was unemployed for about four months, but I had five or six job offers during that time that I turned down because they just weren't the right fit. Mm. And then so once I did find that opportunity, I wanted to work for a Fortune 500 company, working for Sally Mae, which is a large student loan company in their internal IT. Mm. I took that opportunity and worked there. I was there a couple of years. I was young and hungry and really wanted to climb the ladder. And that's what I realized about their business model, it's been around for like 30 years. There's not really any new revenue channels. There's not rapid growth, mm-hmm. nor is a rapid decline either. But people were pretty settled in their jobs. It was a good, good culture there. Mm-hmm. People were wanting to leave. New opportunities weren't popping up. So then I started focusing on, you know, what areas of, of growth are there in our ecosystem? And so part of my role was evaluating new systems that were brought into Sally May. And what I saw when I first started working there. It'd be a lot of off-the-shelf prim systems. And then what I saw is a lot of the business units were wanting to bring in cloud systems because they had more control of the vendor relationship. They didn't have to wait on long queues with internal IT to spin up servers and implement those softwares and all that. So I thought, well, what I think is going to happen here is internal ITs and large organizations are going to get smaller Mm -hmm. and these cloud vendors are going to get a lot larger. And so then I ended up interactive intelligence and whether I got lucky or I had great kind of foresight about what would happen, that company wow. grew significantly while I was there. It went from a thousand people to 6,000 people. I was one of the professional services leader that helped scale the growth. So learned a lot about scaling businesses, yep. went from a project manager to manager to director to VP in three to four years. So I really got to see all the different Really, I guess, business strategy and decision making that you need to do at those various levels.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was learning a lot of skills and it was pretty exciting. We were acquired by a company called Genesis. Right. And that was pretty cool too because we had two, I think Genesis was a billion in revenue at the time and Interactive was 500 million. So two companies of that size merging together. Then I actually got to be on the integration team. Wow. Integrating new business unit, So just great experiences. But once all the dust settled, I had a kind of a role where I wasn't developing new skills. And I would say as a result, I was getting kind of bored. And then some of my old bad habits that I mentioned had I had through high school started creeping up in my life. And Mm -hmm. I really wasn't the best version of myself. I married, had a kid, and I remember doing a podcast and it was a, a leadership podcast. And I remember saying like, every night, between six and nine, I put my phone away and I spend time with my son. And wow. I got a lot of notes from people on email. Like, that's awesome. I do that too. Or I want to do that. And so it made me really think about it. I go, all right, let's say I do that every night of the week. That's 15 hours, you know, with someone that I say is the most important person in my life. Yeah. And I'll work 16 hours on a Monday. And then really, is it every night or there not, is there not travel? Is there not business dinners is yep. they're not you know wanting to go out with a team and have a few drinks and blow off some steam so maybe on the reg it's like six to nine hours a week and i'm like man i always wanted to be a dad and i lo- was like i'm i'm just a good dad and, mm-hmm. and i wanted to be a great dad and so i said okay what's being a great dad you know i need to be a great husband because no matter how close i am with my son if their mom's not just over the top about me, there's always going to be some doubt. And this right. was all occurring while we had another baby that was just born. So I had a second one and I didn't know where they fit into all of this. And oh my I was God. like, I got to do something about that. And I've always been a little bit wired differently and always been very frugal with my money and everything. So mm-hmm. I just said, I've learned not to identify myself with my profession and titles and everything. And mm-hmm. Because I moved around so much, I didn't really collect a lot of things. I never liked having a lot of stuff because there's just more stuff I had to box up and move. So I just said, you know what? I'm just going to quit my job and just focus on what I need to do to be a good husband and a great dad or a great husband, great dad. I left Genesis. And then for the next nine months, it started with relationship therapy between me and my wife. We uh, worked through on how we could better communicate and stay on the same page. Through the relationship therapy, our counselor said, hey, dude, I don't think you do a good job of uh, managing your emotions very well. I think you need to do some emotional management therapy. I was like, why not? I'm all in. I've already walked away for a career that I've worked my whole life to build up, and i have invested in making this marriage work and becoming, again, a great husband and a great dad. So let's do that. So then going through emotional management, counselor's like, you know, I think I could do a lot of good work with you here, but I think your drinking's kind of getting in the way. You know, if you can't remember a lot of these things that are happening, then I think you need to go see a counselor about your alcohol use. So I was like, why not? Let's do that. So pretty much for the first nine months outside of Genesis, my full-time job was seeing two therapists for three different items because I would like to problem solve and learn. Read a lot of books on emotional management, relationship, substance abuse. And I said, "Hey, this is an issue. I stopped drinking. It'll be three years in December, and that's really freed me up a ton of time to use my skills, uh, problem-solving and learning, to invest in, in my family and, and, and raising. I now have three kids, and wow. uh, you know, making Limitless uh, the best that it can be. And you know, now that I'm not drunk and hungover all the time, I have all this free time. So I just podcast right. and audio books and." and Various groups that I'm in that help me kind of grow as a person and and grow in my knowledge of of aspects of life. I just find it a lot better way of living than, than I was before.
1: That is so amazing. And, you know, it just goes to show the type of character you were able to build. Because a lot of people, especially the type of environment you were able to then get yourself with, get stuck with that mindset that, you know what, I'm a big shot, right? You know, I was able to climb the ladder, I have the right title. I was part of that acquisition and I was able to integrate. A lot of people, even myself, would have a hard time trying to detach myself. And again, we'll get attached to that title and everything else that comes with it. But the fact that you were able to then identify the problems that were going to be very hard to overcome the most important thing to you, which is your family. is just remarkable. And the fact that you did the one thing that a lot of people that get stuck... And achieve success in life. Don't get to do a lot, which is to ask for help. Have the fortitude to ask for help. Because sometimes success can be your worst enemy as well. Because it bloats your ego. You said, ah, you know, I, I don't need that. I, I don't need all of these things. But you ask for help and you're able to zone in on the one thing that really mattered, which is your family. Yeah, I have massive, massive respect for you on that. Yeah,
2: and that's why I'm, I'm open about it, not shy about it. Because, I mean to me, you know, therapy and stuff like that is just like hitting the gym and working out. Like we all have things that we can improve upon and there's a lot of resources available, especially like through covid, a lot of the online capabilities to yep. see a counselor and be a part of groups and everything that can strengthen you. There's just great resources. And I know there's always been social stigmas and stuff around that stuff, but it's got to be people that are open and vulnerable to push those things aside and say, hey, it's okay. We all struggle. We all need help. And yep. once I started being open about it, it was just crazy. A lot of people that I had so much respect for and thought were just like as tough as nails. I'm in a lot of unique communities like through CrossFit and Jiu-Jitsu. Once I started being open wow. about it, you know, these Big, tough uh, men and women would share the same things that they, they've had certain struggles and they need to work on things. And so I was like, OK, this is not just you know I'm not a special snowflake dealing with it. this is out there. And, you know, I'm glad that I, I do something about it. And, and I encourage everyone that if they feel anything's holding them back in life and what they really want to go and seek what resources are available to to help you overcome those challenges.
1: Absolutely. And again, these are things that, again, just because of success of how much weight are put on our shoulders, sometimes forget that we are also human, that we need a lot of help. And again, massive, massive congratulations. You were able to get over those things. And again, when you open up, a lot of people kind of open up about themselves as well, that, hey, you know what? I have all these vulnerabilities, kind of what they do here in the podcast. you You know, Every success that you get through in life was not built on successes only. Majority of the time, it is built on failure and a lot of disappointment and a lot of stuff that are dirty, that are not even nice to talk about. But again, that's what got us here. But in hindsight, before we talk about how you were able to make the jump, how did it start occurring to you? that All right, I stepped all the way back, but you kind of probably felt the itch. And how did that tie into creating Limitless Connect at this point, right? Because again, you learn so many things about you, and your family, and you probably didn't want to go back to that old cycle again. How did that turn into founding Limitless Connect?
2: Yeah, I think I always had an entrepreneurial itch. It's in my DNA. My dad was an entrepreneur. My natural sister is an entrepreneur. And then two half sisters that I have, my dad's daughters, they're they're entrepreneurs. So I think it was always there. I know I was always looking at different things that I could do on the side. For, For me, it was like a Opening up a CrossFit or something. And so once I left my job, got the family stuff in order, and started having this mindset about I'm not creating limits in my life anymore. And I kind of came to that realization when I talked about I got to a point in my career where I wasn't learning new skills. And from a a goals perspective, Mm -hmm. I had accomplished the goals. I'd got the titles, I'd hit the financial markings. And I was telling someone this, and they're like, well, you need to have bigger goals. And so that's Kind of where limitless came about, where I was like, I'm not putting limitless on what I want out of life anymore or what what I can accomplish. And so I started, I was uh, kind of detested technology a bit. So went down the the Mm -hmm. path of cannabis, CBD, ended up being a 10 month hustle with trying to get a cannabis product offline. What I realized over time, though, Mm -hmm. really wasn't cannabis I was working with, I was dealing with retail and our whole right. new different ecosystem. When I looked at the time to revenue that I could get to provide resources for my family is gonna be like three to five years if I was successful. And I said, I, I can't wait that long. I could probably pivot to technology. But that 10th month was instrumental because what I realized is coming from the business world and being a business leader in a section of a business, I compare it, with, I'm a big UFC fan, love mixed martial arts. I came out of there a world-class kickboxer. But what I found with entrepreneurship is it's MMA. You know, for the audience members that aren't familiar with MMA, it's a mixture of like wrestling, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, kickboxing, boxing. You had to have a variety of different skills to be successful in an MMA versus if you're just a boxer or just a kickboxer. So I was only a kickboxer. And that 10-month experience with trying to get the uh, cannabis recovery products off the ground, I learned that this is an MMA game and I need to learn a lot of different skills from sales to marketing, branding, online engagement. And I at least familiarized myself or started becoming competent in those areas where I said, okay, now, and also another kind of MMA concept is if you can make the fight your specialty. So if a kickboxer can create the skills to avoid takedowns and keep it standing and make the fight a kickboxer fight they're going to have a better chance at winning, so right. I thought with my experience and the technology field, I could pivot back to a technology hustle and use the skills I learned in the first ten months of entrepreneurship and get to revenue quicker
1: that's amazing, and you know at the end of the day you're right and Entrepreneurship is very much like sports or MMA because at the end of the day, the first thing that entrepreneurship will do to you is punch you in the face. You're probably (laughs) going to bleed too, right? But what are those first few punches? And at the end of the day, those ones that really make it through are the ones who are able to bounce back, not getting tapped out, you know, (laughs) get out of a chokehold or a kimura whatever that might be. I want to understand how you're able to then bounce back because it's brutal. You think it's fun until it's just like, oh my god, this, what is going on? I thought I was good, but it's totally different beast that I'm dealing with. How were you able to then get out of those first few punches, and how did you get your flow back to win a couple of rounds to win that decision or a I don't know a TK or a KO?
2: Yeah, well, humility and pushing your ego side is a huge skill, right? And so it takes that first. I'll, I'll tell you one thing through my recovery of with stopping drinking as I follow a 12 st- step program. And one one key aspect of that is my part. Mm. So I think the fourth step is you go through and you list out all your resentments in life with things you've done things done to you. And the key aspect about that is you have to right. What's your part in that? So you have to have some ownership or some accountability just in parallel. When I had pivoted to Limitless Connect technology, I signed my first contract. I was so excited. I felt like I was winning, but in my newness missed an expense that was in the form of $167,000 expense. Oh my
1: God. That's a haymaker right there.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I make the joke that I never thought about drinking, but certainly i wanted to jump off a bridge. I mean, it was like, oh my (laughs) my gosh, gosh. dude, 160. The contract was just a little bit higher than that, but the contract came with three people I had to hire. So my expenses on that, we're going to consume a good portion of it. I couldn't go back yeah. to the customer and tell them that, hey, I overlooked 167K. Now I got to charge you because that would have almost doubled what they signed with me. Right. And then I looked at how I got there and I said, well, I use these resources and I talked to these people and I kind of felt in my head I would start to blame a lot of things. And I said, Chris, this is not what you do now. You look at the components involved and you look at what's your part. And I looked at the team that informed me of the 167 k expense. I had not engaged them because I was not confident in, I guess, my solution and felt like they might go around me and try to get the business themselves. So there was lack of confidence in my capabilities. And then I had used a resource that I didn't trust that much when I was in my professional career. And then here I was using that same resource and making some large decisions based off that. And it aligned with the story that I wanted to tell myself. And so I was pushing this through because I had something in mind and I didn't want anything to get in the way. And when I realized that, OK, I caused this, it was pretty powerful. It was had to overcome the humility of kind of shame right. through, through humility of going to my wife and telling her the mistake that I made because up until then i have always posed myself as this big time business hotshot, right. and I just made such stupid mistake. But then I looked mm. at uh, what the positives were of it. There was a larger deal through a, a license sale uh, that I was trying to get that was going to be far more than the 167k. The 167k now gave me staff. I now had three people nice. working with me, so I had them. So I said, okay, you know, let's keep moving forward. Let's note where you screwed up and let's not do that again. And then let's focus on how we can make this a good investment. Absolutely. You know, so it was a 167K, that uh, USD that smacked me across the face. But, you know, I don't know how much I Harvard had-
1: you made it out of the round. <laughs> but,
2: yeah. <You> a- <laughs> made it out of the round and then the, in the, beginning of the cloud deal. And, you know, I was with there you and go. my team started with three and now we're up to, to 40 people. In, in a year's That's time. Amazing. So I guess the approach is working for now.
1: That is absolutely amazing. And let's take our last break. When we come back, we will then talk about how you're able to then come, go from three and almost getting, you know, tapped out or almost got, gotten waved off by the referee to now killing it and, you know, scaling it across the world. And again, let's talk about what you guys really do in Limitless Connect. Let's talk about that more after the break. No. business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what really matters. Learn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Hey, Hustlers, before we start this episode, I want to share with you this amazing tool that we started using in Podcast Network Asia and Pod Machine lately, and it's called Narrator.ai. Now, prior to using Narrator, one of our biggest problems in our startup was centralizing the tons of data that we have from all our podcasts and how users were using our product. We had so much data, the problem was we didn't have the right tool to interpret and make decisions fast out of them. Now, this meant we did a lot of risky guessing, which thankfully we got right, but we were a bad move away from screwing it all up. Now, instead of hiring a whole data team or building this whole thing from the ground up, we were lucky to find Narrator. Because as a startup, you need a tool that allows you to make the necessary pivots needed to scale up with your data that you can use to make great decisions fast. And Narrator is the fastest, easiest, and the most comprehensive way to get value out of your data warehouse. No more need for hundreds of rigid data models that take forever to update and can only handle a limited number of use cases using narrator's activity schema explore and analyze any data in your warehouse without having to write sql and i swear if you're a startup that's scaling or a company that's undergoing digital transformation this will blow you away so all you have to do is go to narrator.ai and book a demo trust us this is awesome We're back to the break. We are still with Chris Howe, again, who told us who's able to then create, fix the most important thing in his life, and then create Limitless Connect from almost uh, a knockout punch. He was, he was able to take him out and then see the positive in making sure that, you know, as long as you're breathing, especially in business, these punches come out of nowhere every time, regardless of how big you think you are this will always come in hand. there's always going to be that right hook out of nowhere coming out of left field (laughs) that will almost sweep you out. And again, the metal of an entrepreneur comes of what you do after that. But again, it's not all those days. There are days where there's no punches and you're the one on the offensive. And I think that's what you were able to do. So what did you guys do then from that thing that almost killed you guys out? How were you able to make a killing. And what are the services and products you are able to do in Limitless Connect to double down on these opportunities?
2: Yeah. So I'll go into what we do and the value we provide as mm-hmm. Limitless Connect. To get to where we're at, though, I think it's key to mention that the three people I started with are all Philippine nationals. Wow. So that's important because the reason I went to the Philippines is. You know, one part of my role when I was at Interactive Intelligence and Genesis was to assist with building out global teams. And so we had built a team in the Philippines and got to go over there a few times. And I really enjoy still enjoy my time in the Philippines and specifically the the people, when I look at kind of the globalized models that are now in place, Philippines really differentiates itself because The English skills are great. I believe English is a a Mm co-national language there. The culture there is very similar to the U.S. I make a joke that, you know, y'all drink at Starbucks and have Jamba Juice and no no MBA. So when my folks are on with U.S.-based customers, they can talk about what the latest Netflix series was and very, very relatable from Mm -hmm. a culture standpoint. Yep. Through my time at Genesis and Interactive, I got involved with the tech scene. So I knew the tech skills were available there and I, I right. knew what types of peoples and communities I could reach out to when, when needed. And mm-hmm. then from a cost model, we get to benefit from the different cost of living in our areas. So absolutely, uh, able to provide a great lifestyle for the folks in the Philippines and then the cost benefit to the, the US. And then the key ingredient though is just, how kind the Filipino people are. You know, I mentioned I wouldn't have to have a diversity initiative. I'll also never have to have like an employee empathy initiative. My folks out of the Philippines are so compassionate, so empathetic, and I get feedback from my U.S. customers all the time that they're so easy to work with, such kind people. And I knew through that I could solve a lot of problems at the globalization model that people incur when dealing with a globalized model and dealing with different regions of the globe. Yeah, one stroke of luck too. You got to keep hanging out and being in a fight, but you got to have some luck too. Mm-hmm. COVID actually benefited us because it now made this medium of video engagement and remote engagement the norm. So while US-based companies could always send people on site, now we're dealing in a world where that's not a value. We actually need to be remote. So having people with great English skills, yep. uh, great customer service skills, tech skills, and then engaging with them as you would with a U.S. person on these video conferencing tools, it really helped us out a lot. And so what i learned through my time in, in jujitsu and I actually did some professional comedy too, <laughs> it, the feedback was essential into improving those areas. So After every call my team in the Philippines had with U.S. customers, we'd have a post call to say, what do you think we did well? What do you think you could do better? What are we going to change moving forward? And so I had two years with those three guys to really develop that. And that has made them completely different people. You know, one of the guys worked with me at Genesis and he was responsible for sending out timesheet reminders. And now he runs my Johnny. Shout out to Johnny. Shout Uh, out to Johnny. (laughs) <laughs> he now runs our HR team, our marketing, our finance. He has developed so many skills through this type of mindset of don't set limits on yourself. Try it. If, you don't, if reality doesn't meet expectations, be receptive to feedback. Take into account what your part is and then what are you going to do to improve? And it's been just that rinse and repeat. And it's pretty co- cool to see how that's helped our business get to, to where it was to, to where it's at now.
1: So right now, how were you then able to really scale from the three that you did? Because again, at the end of the day, you said it, it's an MMA. There are some skills that you're going to have to acquire yourself, but at the end of the day, there are also going to be skills that, you know, you're just not going to be able to do yourself. So I don't know if your baseline is out of boxing, a little bit of jujitsu or, and, and wrestling or whatever that might be, but you need a capoeira guy. You're just not going to be able to do Capoeira, right? How are you able to then surround yourself with your core and still have that same excellence? Because this is what I wanted to ask you earlier. You've seen blitz scaling yourself in your time with the acquisition that you did with interactive intelligence that also merge into Genesis. You know, you've seen this happen in the flesh, and it's your company that you're going to go through. Pretty sure you're learning thing or two in getting that done. How do you do it?
2: Yeah, I've always been very passionate about middle management development, mm-hmm. what I've seen. And this is my own thoughts. I'm not saying this is reality. This is how I view it. But a lot of large companies, it's the executives that get to do the budget. So when right. they put the budget aside for training, it's very focused towards executive training. And a lot of the offerings out there are geared towards executive training. I don't see a lot of trainings geared towards middle management. So because of the nature of my role i did a lot of travel and when i hit different sites i would always pull the managers directors team leads into rooms and then just kind of share with them my philosophies of management what i've seen work and do that so it's a skill that i learned doing that and very passionate about so when working with the three people who johnny patrick and ej who are all now directors with limitless You know, I've been working with them and developing them, and I've seen enough through my own experiences and then managing directors and managers, seeing enough of the challenges that they have to go through. It's been easy to identify where their skills need to grow and give them the types of feedback and situational awareness of where they need to grow. And then two, because of hanging out with me for two years and doing like the feedback sessions on the video, we just have this trust for each other that we all care about each other. And the feedback is always good. And it's getting so good now that those three team up on me and they'll give me some feedback. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's good, but I believe in those guys. And I'm always very honest. So when we hire our first big wave of people, I said, hey, you've got some leaders now that are being leaders for some first time. Give them some patience and some tolerance and also some feedback because they want to do the best and they want to be great managers to you. But that doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. And we just ask for, for your grace as we ramp up there. So a little bit of openness, not to say like we've got it all solved and everything's going to be perfect. But saying, hey, we realize we've got flaws, we've got risks, we've got vulnerabilities, but we're going to be candid about them. And we're going to work together to address those.
1: That's amazing. Again, you can't afford a team like this if you didn't scale pretty well on the customer side. What were you then able to add into what you guys already do in Limitless Connect. Because again, shout out, again, you, you that CX, that customer experience, is basically the bread and butter of what you guys do in Limitless Connect. But how were you then able to double down and help the companies that you guys help? Because again, you won't be able to scale a team this big if that didn't also come from the demand yeah. side. Yeah. Can you talk about the type of companies you were able to help out and how are you able to then multiply those types of companies through the weeks and months that you were able to double down on it?
2: So cloud experience, you know, that's call center software. I think you're familiar with that or on one of your podcasts, Absolutely. you mentioned that's the world we started out in. So yep. you think yep. of the software that delivers the customer engagements, whether it be voice, SMS, email, web chat, yep. third-party messaging like Facebook, WhatsApp, the systems that we work with are those tools that, one, allow the folks external to the businesses to engage with them through those channels and then route them effectively to a customer service agent that can help them or provide self-service tools or AI capabilities that customers can service Mm -hmm. themselves. So my team are experts and understanding how those tools work and how they can configure them to meet the customer's requirements. Also, because of cloud, Traditionally, professional services, prem systems were very high dollar. A lot of uh, servicing organizations are used to those large dollars. I realized that there needed to be a shift and having quicker processes to get things done because you you can stand up cloud instances in a week, 30 days, 60 days. And since it's monthly pricing and not these large high dollar licensing that you pay up front, your services uh, from a cost perspective had to be a, a little bit lower than traditional services organizations do and did. So able to do that through the, the globalized model is to have kind of cost-effective pricing, but not taping taking a dip in the quality of services because of the skills and resources I've found in the Philippines. Yep. And so, yeah, what we provide, at the end of the day, I say Limitless Connect. Ultimately, we are collaborative problem solvers. Our nice. forte is in the contact center solution customer experience cloud area. So we can provide staffing, implementation services, also serve as your cloud advisor. If you're looking to move to the cloud and you want us to help you vet through one of the 65 different cloud experience solutions out there and identify which one would make the best fit for you, we help out with that process.
1: That is amazing. All right, let's just take a sidestep a little bit because while you're doing Limitless Connect, Again, you mentioned that you went back to the military, but now as an airborne infantry, as the Indiana Army National Guard. What are, in hindsight now, is your first run into now, what you're doing? What's different? How do you, what's the difference in perspective? Of course, we're all older. <laughs> we can't keep up as much as we want to do, but what's the perspective now? And what are the new learnings you were able to get during this? And Did that also translate becoming better as an entrepreneur?
2: Absolutely. The analogy I use is the first time I went to the military, I saw a bunch of men that I wanted to be like when I got older. Now going through the military, I see a bunch of men that I hope I can raise my son to be. Wow. Uh, So different perspective. But uh, yeah, during COVID, sitting in quarantine in my house, I was checking out Facebook. There's an airborne infantry unit here in Indiana. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here in my house and and looking at their Facebook and they're jumping out of planes and everything. And I started, you know, this lifestyle and part of the growth is being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And I thought, man, it'd be terrifying to jump out of a plane. (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's something that I'd like that experience. I mean, I was already doing uh, jujitsu and training and CrossFit and trail running. So I thought, you know, to up this another another level, uh, I want to be in that unit. And it was another thing where about 2008, I'd looked at getting in that unit too. But I had some a family situation where I had to take the primary care of my grandmother for, for 10 years and mm. wasn't able to do it. Now i got this limited mindset. I thought, hey, I should go check it out. Went to a recruiter. They said I still had some eligibility left. Mm. So I got in. And yeah, you mentioned that we... We're getting older, but I didn't want to go there and just be the old guy that was making it. I wanted to go crush it. So since wow. I already knew what basic was going to be like, I trained super hard for going. Ooh. And when I went to uh, basic training, I had top physical fitness score. I won the wow. combatant tournament, um, so I got to yeah, yeah, shot expert. And this is not an ego thing where I'm saying like, hey, I'm a badass. This is again, <laughs> it's, a, it's a problem solving exercise. So if I set right. the goal. And looked at, you know, how I get there, what problems will arise and, and how do I solve for that? So, like with the fitness thing, I knew that doing CrossFit and running and jujitsu keeps me super fit. But it also, because I'm older, I have to add a lot of recovery. And so I found that, OK, I've got to make time for yoga. I've got to make time for stretching. I've got to make time for foam rolling. So when I went to, to basic, I had to get up 30 minutes before everybody else and do all my old man stretches because I didn't want to break myself why I was over there. And yeah, it's just been a, an art of just solving the little minor problems along the way to get you to where you, you want to get to. That's what I was trying to share while I was there too. It's like, don't put limitations on yourself because of your age. Like I'm nothing special. I mean, before all that, when I was working in corporate America, I was 50 pounds heavier, uh, wasn't a great athlete, had never done any kind of grappling or anything. And then part of that discipline of just showing up and starting. And then when you do that, figuring out for the people that are good at things or what are they doing to get good and then making decisions is something I can put into my time or is that something going to distract me because we talked about values earlier with my family. I've got my value system. And when I look at any type of thing I'm going to involve my time in, I look at how it falls within the value system and if it's going to help or hurt anything. And so Like with the military, my commitment's ending next year and I'm not going to be able to re-up because of the growth of the business that with being in the military and going to the schools and stuff that I'd want to and the possibility of deployment, I don't know that Limitless is at a place that could operate without me being engaged as much as I am now. So I'm not going to have to do that. But again, it's not going to be remorse if I had to get out. It's like a conscious decision of these are my values in life and this is what I want to accomplish. And if something gets in the way of that, I've either got to, you know, eliminate it or, you know, manage that. And I'll say with the business, you look at value systems, I recommend you always put yourself first. And that's not from a narcissistic life's all about you standpoint. Yep. But it's about making sure you're taking the time and doing the things to produce the best you so that you can be the best person you can be to the people around you. It's like put your mask on first before you know, your child on an airplane. So put your mask on first and then next commitment to myself is to my family. And then after that is to limitless. So if any of these things that I want to do is going to impact those things and I adjust accordingly and I rate my family above limitless. And that's the key thing because I already saw how my professional career got in the way of my family before. Yeah. And through relationship therapy and everything, my wife does a great job. When we got this big boom of of opportunity and people. And like I mentioned, I love problem solving. So I just got so pulled into it and wanted to start going back to those 16 hour work days. And I remember my wife stopping me one night before I was going downstairs to my office and saying, hey, can you just like be with me tonight and just like cuddle me? (laughs) And it was a great cue because I was like, oh, here I go. I'm getting sucked back in. So what are things I could delegate? What are things that I don't need to do right now? And what are essential? And let's just focus on the essential things. And let's still maintain that balance so you're engaged with the family and there with the family and you're just not recreating the same environment that you had that you left three years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And again, that's the perks of entrepreneurship because at the end of the day, one thing we do have a lot of liberty on, we just choose to use it in hustling and making our business grow is actually we can always say, you know what? I don't want to come in and work today. I'll spend time with my family and that's going to be all right. Can be, you know, uh, a little scary because sometimes I do zoom out (laughs) in a family gathering and whatnot. Like my brain is flying and trying to figure out the next problem to solve. But again, we do have that liberty, one of the perks of entrepreneurship. But again, as much as I really want to talk about entrepreneurship more, you had such an amazing episode, and thank you very much. This is such an amazing story, and we wish you nothing but the best and Regards to your kids and your wife. But before I let you go, please invite people over if they're very interested to work with you and uh, check out what Limitless uh, Connect, where do they go and how do they do that?
2: Yeah, if you're in the market for a cloud contact center solution or you need staffing to maintain what you have in place today or you're looking to to deploy something, you can find us at www.limitlesscx.com. We're also on LinkedIn and Facebook. And then if you're ever in the job market and looking for opportunity, Filipino national, our employee engagement platforms we use are TikTok and Instagram. There you go. All right. (laughs) I've never heard, I've never heard uh, employee engagement
1: using TikTok, but again, I've seen, I'm not. I'm not on TikTok yet. So. I
2: don't know. I've never been on a TikTok. <laughs> Maybe I should. But you know, the, the young, smart people I hire say this is a great way to kind of get our brand out there and get people that might want to work with mm-hmm. us familiar uh, with us. So mm-hmm. we focus on Instagram and TikTok as like if you want to know who wow. this Company is as a place mm-hmm. to work for. Those are channels that you can go to to find more about the employee experience.
1: Hey, It works. We're we're, the old parts here, so let the kids get that. (laughs) Again, Chris, thank you very much. Before (laughs) I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any type of podcast app. And again, if we did say some jargon, it's going to be the show notes on HustleShare.com. And lastly, if you want to be part of the HustleShare community, it's going to be in the HustleShare community on Facebook. Again, Chris, thank you very much. Thank you, Ron. Great time, man. Appreciate it. All right, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.